Hi, welcome to the seventh episode of my podcast, Stories by Vera V. Oh my goodness, I can't believe we're at seven. Seven is a lucky number. But I want to share something. So the first week of my very own challenge, hashtag powerhouse31, has just ended. I know, we got through the first week. Let's go. <laughs> if, you're watching, if you're watching this on YouTube or in video casts on Spotify, you can see that I'm flexing my biceps at the moment. But if not, I'll just describe it to you. I want to share something. So the entirety of this week, I've been sleeping three to five hours a night. I'm absolutely exhausted. I really need to rest. My muscles on my legs are twitching and they have been for the past, I think, like four days. I'm the most exhausted I've ever been. I feel like I'm barely staying afloat. And it is in this moment that I'm realizing I'm growing the most I've ever grown. I don't grow when I'm comfortable. Interesting stories by interesting people. Stories by Vera V. So let's start off with the first week of the challenge. If you're not familiar, please go to my Instagram at Vera Nothing. <laughs> sounds so funny. A lot of people ask me about that username and I wish I had something to say like, oh yeah, it sounds like fear of nothing. But in reality, I just didn't want to include my last name because when I was 11 years old creating my social media accounts, I was a little bit paranoid. Um, so yeah, it's at Vera Nothing. Feel free to check out my account. I think it's pretty straightforward. I have a lot of information out there. It's in the highlights. It's in the daily posts that I make. It is everywhere. But the challenge is, the motto is, maximum efficiency in minimum time. I feel like in our day, we only have so much time to self-develop in the traditional sense. I think it is largely dependent on the way we perceive it. But the time we thoroughly dedicate to the umbrella activity of self-development is very little. So the goal of my challenge, just to preface this for those of y'all who don't know, is to maximize that time. So say I only have one hour to practice piano. Am I going to let that one hour go to waste? No. Do I wish I had four to practice and had that luxury of time? Yes, but I don't. So what am I going to do? I'm going to maximize that hour. So now we've covered the challenge and I hope we're all familiar. We're, all, we're basically all friends. We've bonded already. But anyway, first week was incredibly hard for me. I know. It was so hard, in fact, that I I don't know how many times I've cried. I don't think I can calculate that. And it's not just because I'm doing the challenge. The challenge in and of itself is already challenging, but documenting it the way that I do, as thoroughly as I do, it's a lot. And I know that it's a personal choice. I'm fully aware. It's a thing I choose to do every day. So I'm not complaining. I'm just sharing. And in fact, um, for the challenge, I have multiple drops. So I'm not sure when you're listening to this. But so week one just ended and I already had the first drop and it was released prior to week one. And for the drop, all the products, there are three of them. There is journal, seven prompts, I believe in me, focused on guiding you and believing in yourself because it is truly one of the most essential things in developing in life. I would not have gotten to where I am right now had I not believed in myself. And I know that I will absolutely go nowhere if I don't believe in myself now, you know? You dig? <laughs> then we have affirmation cards. I value me. There are seven of them for every day of the week. You can use them as wallpapers. You can use them as whatever. And affirmations are incredibly helpful personally because like there were times where I just, I was not feeling myself. I wasn't believing in myself. And it is truly the affirmations that got me out of that and the work that I put behind them. And then there's also for the third product of the first job, there's the gratitude journal. Seven prompts meant to focus, center, and almost ground yourself on gratitude. So my point is, it's three products, right? And in my day, even before the challenge, I didn't have a lot of time. Once again, it is by choice because school is not taking that much, but I do have to go to school. It's a legal obligation. 
And so to create that, that's an enormous amount of work. It seems like it's just, oh, it's, you know, it's three products, whatever. But the amount of thought I put into it and the amount of energy, it was honestly the best I've ever done. I can say that in full confidence. And now I've just finished the product for drop two and it was released on Tuesday. So right now is um, when you're listening. If you're listening just as it was released, it's Thursday. So two days ago, I spent all night making that, finishing it up. And I obviously a lot of time before that, fun fact, I actually started working on the Your Ultimate Habits workbook in detention, which I feel like is a very rebellious act. But that's when I started. Point is, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And What's good about that is that I've taught myself, I've kind of got myself into this routine of creating. I create so much. I can't even begin to fathom it. It's content, it's product, it's everything. You know what I'm saying? But so back to the, um, the first drop, one of the things, one of the prompts for the journal, I believe in me, which is personally my favorite product of the whole collection. I know. Anyway, I'm not supposed to say that, but of the drop one, it is my absolute favorite. Anyway, so the first prompt is to write a letter to the future you. And I actually want to read it because obviously I'm completing my own products and not to self promo or anything, but I find them to be great. I absolutely love what I created myself there. So yeah, so the first prompt is to write a letter to yourself. I'll just read some of the prompt to you. If you want to read the whole thing, if you want to complete it, be sure to purchase it from my very own online store, which nobody else has literally laid a hand on. It's 100% created by me. www.growingtogether.store. It's also linked in, I think it's in my podcast description. It's on my Instagram for sure. It's everywhere. Anyway, so prompt number one, write a letter to yourself. Write a letter introducing your present self to the future you. Who are you? What do you like? What does your everyday look like? So, and so on and so forth. So listen, listen what I wrote. This was written on the 1st of December. That is the very first day of the challenge. And keep in mind that there's a lot of preparation that goes into creating the product that is the challenge. Dear Vera, it is I writing to you from my very first day of the challenge. Tonight, you were not able to fall asleep for some time, despite being exceptionally tired. Additionally, your sleep was light. In fact, I recall waking up several times laughing throughout the night, particularly after dreaming that, whatever, <laughs> that was kind of weird. <laughs> I found that to be simply comic. You remember why you could not sleep? Well, madam, at this time in your life, you are exceptionally stressed. I feel like I have never been more stressed in my entire life, even more than during the summer's hardest seven, which if you follow me on Instagram, if you haven't for some time, during the summer, I created my very first self-development challenge, and that was the hashtag hardest seven. It is meant to spend over a week. It's meant to kickstart one's self-development journey, but honestly, it was brutal. Like it is a lot of work. And during that, I just want to preface and say that during that Hardest 7 challenge, I had <laughs> stress stomach pains every single day. And it was during the summer too, so I didn't have school. It was just a lot, especially for my first. But anyway, keep going. Um, even though you did have stomach stress pains and alliteration, by the way, my favorite literary device. So at this moment, I'm not entirely sure I can do it. This challenge is proving to be everything I had hoped for and more. Way, way more. Perhaps too much. I'm not sure. Let's see. Next page. However, what I do know is that I don't grow when I'm comfortable, <laughs> which is so ironic because it is the topic of this episode. Adjusting into this rigorous routine is not easy. Alliteration again. Nowhere near it. I know. But 
If you were to decide to start living your current lifestyle two years ago, you would also be thoroughly challenged. I know you know this, but I need you to really hear it. Intentional discomfort is good. Again, repeat after me, capital. Intentional discomfort is good. Plus, what a better way to end the year. So anyway, and then it it just keeps going. It gets a little bit more personal, which I don't think I should share. But point is, first day of the challenge, just picture me. I couldn't even sleep because I was so stressed. And thing is, uh, this really gets me very excited and passionate. I get fired up. I feel like in our current society, from what I know, from my own biased, incredibly subjective perspective, which is already granted because it's words coming from my mouth, like it's from my mind, which has its own bias. I feel like as a society of young people, from what I know from the people that go to my school, from the people I see on the daily, we are so afraid to be uncomfortable. It is crazy. We are so scared to be placed in uncomfortable situations, in discomfort. And honestly, it makes sense. Because I always think back to... (laughs) I talked about this in my first individual episode, so that was episode one. I'm graduating high school early. I talked about this and I touched on the topic, but my grandma, I always think about her. She grew up in a terribly tough time, which is also an alliteration again. It is my favorite literary device. I love alliteration. Anyway, she was born during the Second World War. It was so hard, but you know, whatever, let's just rewind to her adult life. Let's just skip the childhood and the hunger and everything that came with it. In her adult life, my mom would tell me this all the time and my grandma would too. She would sleep for four hours a day and some of those hours she would sleep on the bus standing and the work she did, it wasn't just like, I don't know, secretary. No, it was hard labor. She would carry heavy, heavy things. That's insane. Every time I think about that, I literally... I shudder because it's so different from the reality I'm so blessed to live in and thrive through right now. And so looking at my peers, I'm in no way judging. I'm in the exact, practically the same exact boat as them because it's the people that go to my school, you know? So we're in a similar place, if that makes sense. We don't have to work like that. We just go to school and we go home and, you know, and we would do whatever in our free time. It's just such a different reality. So I feel like as a society right now, we've gotten a lot comfortable. Once again, the society that I see every day, which is probably very different from yours, and that's fine. We've gotten so comfortable in our lives that getting, I don't know, three hours of sleep a night is just something we absolutely fear. And I just think that's wild. I don't know. I think that is absolutely wild. I always think back to Elon Musk. So I don't know him personally. I don't want to know him personally. I don't care (laughs) about him personally. But as a creator and as an inventor, he is an absolute genius and a brilliant mind. And that is really somebody for that specific aspect I look up to. A person who produces so much and innovates so much, enormous respect for that specific aspect of that person. So anyway, when he was younger, when he was just launching his brands of, I don't know, the PayPal or whatever, he would sleep for four hours a night. And so he would work 19 hours a day, just straight up work and then roll under the table and sleep and then just get up and do it again. And Bill Gates, I think that was Bill Gates. I'm not sure. Don't quote me. But I think that was him. Microsoft and stuff. Yeah, that was definitely Bill Gates. Once again, I don't know him personally. I, I have no respect for him personally because I don't know him. And frankly, I don't care. But for the specific aspect of a person of how hard we worked, enormous respect. 
All of my applause, seriously. I'll start clapping right now. Because when he was younger, when he was in school, I, he would code during the night. Who does that? Find me a single person in your school who does that. Because I can't find a single person in my school who does that. You know what I mean? So it's those people who create opportunities for themselves. And while they're in them, they're absolutely and madly uncomfortable. Who wants to code during the night? Well, Bill Gates did. But who objectively wants to code during the night instead of sleep? You know what I'm saying? Who wants to work 19 hours a day? Elon Musk did. That's where he is, where he is right now. But objectively, who wants to do that? I can't find a single volunteer, you know? And so for me, like I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I, I mean, sorry, I think the day before yesterday. Yeah, when I was working on um, your Ultimate Habits workbook, which by the way, I think is absolutely brilliant. Not to toot my own horn, but I, I just finished the first prompt today and I absolutely love it. You can find it on www.growingtogether.store. Honestly, I can't wait for it to first to twin and just complete it together and build successful habits together and let go of the habits that no longer serve us. But anyway, I slept for three hours that night because like I said, I'm incredibly busy at this point in my life, which I love, but that's a whole different story because I was working so intently on a product that I honestly poured my heart, soul, and all of that night's sleep into. And I'm, and I, if I were to do it again, I wouldn't change a single thing. And I did a video, I did a little vlog because I'm doing everyday reels <laughs> for every day of the challenge. <laughs> so I'm making a lot of content. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know. feel free to check it out on my Instagram. And so I did, good morning. I slept for three hours today. Here's a vlog. And at the end of the video, my message was, I have, I lead a positive life because I have a positive mind. Like my positive life stems from my positive mind. And that is an incredibly important message. And as soon as I posted it, I read all comments. Doesn't mean I really give them much thought or effort, but one particularly stuck out to me. And it was that, oh, you're promoting that sleeping three hours a day is healthy. Which, by the way, where? I feel like, I don't know, it's just so interesting how we oftentimes jump to conclusions so quickly. But honestly, I take no personal offense to this. It's, I perceive my videos to be works of art. And it, it sounds a little bit like, yeah, like I create art. No, but truly, because there's specific intent and there's a specific message that is literally encoded into that video. So you could watch it as many times as you can. And if you find it, congratulations, <laughs> I have made it clear. It's very relevant to the music. It is the words. It, everything goes together. So I treat it as art. I do. It's not just like a video I make. It's so much deeper than that. But point is, so I posted it and I saw that comment and I was just like, oh my goodness, that is that's so interesting. Where am I promoting three hours of sleep? I'm not at all. I think I lost my original thought. But my point is, sleeping three hours a day, is it healthy? No. <laughs> Why? Don't do this to yourself. Don't sleep three hours a night. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, if you know what I'm saying. Because with sleep, obviously, it is meant to, it is rest, it is regeneration of the body, and it is absolutely essential. And I fully recognize it. My goal is to sleep seven hours a day. On the contrary, though, there are some things I would absolutely give up sleep for, and I would give them up again and again and again. There was a time, I think it was maybe two months ago, or maybe a month ago. No, it actually was pretty recent. I would be sleeping five hours a day on the regular. Yeah, I think that was September or so. Mm -hmm, that's when I went to New York. Five hours a day on the regular. 
my eyes were bloodshot. And that's when I, I took it as a cue. I was like, no way am I going to do this. So I'm going to set a goal to sleep seven hours a night, which is what I've been doing until this challenge. So as you can see from the information I've mentioned prior, this challenge is almost an extraordinary event. It's not something I do every month. It is just, it is, it's an obstacle. It's a challenge. It's meant to be challenging, but it is a challenge. It gives me a lot more to think about during the day and to do during the day, which I was not originally used to. Hence my letter to self <laughs> saying how stressed I was. I couldn't even sleep. Now, a week later, I'm in a much different place. It is still very busy, as you can tell from Tuesday. It is, and it is incredibly challenging to me, but I am now more able to manage it. That's because I've placed myself in this situation. I could lead right now if I had to. I could lead a perfectly healthy life. I could. I could sleep for eight hours a day or what is it recommended for teens like 10, which personally I don't teach their own. I don't agree with. Um, 10 hours a day. I could eat perfectly healthy meals. I could do this and I could do that. Just absolutely perfectly limit my screen time to this. Do a dedicated amount of I don't know, posts every single day, perfectly healthy, perfectly balanced life. Would I grow much from it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Would that be fulfilling? I don't know. But also, side thought, about sleep. So we talk about it, and I mentioned that I sleep three hours a day. One day, it's not a regular thing. Like I said, I've been sleeping three to five. It's mostly been five. Good thing, because I would not be able to go on three. And on the weekends, I make it seven, make it eight, just to regenerate a little bit more. So I mentioned that I've slept for three hours and immediately it's like, stop promoting unhealthy habits. Okay, but why are we not talking about other unhealthy habits? Staring into a phone screen and scrolling mindlessly for 10 to 12 hours a day, is that healthy? No. What would I rather personally choose? Personally, I would choose to sleep less and do more because it is the work that fulfills me and I don't see anything wrong with that. My justification for this, if you will, is that I'm young, I'm healthy, my body's so capable. And I honestly, I don't view investing the hours that I would sleep into something I love as torture. That's not punishment. Going out of my comfort zone is not punishment. It is intentional and it is good. Does that make sense? I, I really want to convey this message correctly. But regarding habits, I just find that it's a very interesting thing what we tend to focus on. There's sleep police, but how come there's no scrolling or phone police? How come there's no healthy eating habits police? That's a whole other issue, but I just, I just find it incredibly interesting. So with that, with getting out of my comfort zone, I want to talk about another situation that happened recently. So it was my friend's birthday, and I think, goodness, my memory has gotten so good. This was present in my reel on my Instagram account of day four out of 31. Yep, I remember those kinds of stuff. Anyway, I went to my friend's birthday. That was part of my day. Um, it was her party. Her birthday was, I think, three days prior. Her birthday was November 30th, and I went to her party on December 4th. So yeah, four or five days. It was fun. It was a fun time. All her friends were there. All our friends were there. It was interesting. So at the end of the night, I'm about to get picked up one hour early because I got to pose the prompts for the challenge. Hello. <laughs> and I got to do the challenge because I wasn't completed with all the tasks. And so I call my sister to pick me up and she's almost there. And they're like, oh, Vera, before you go, we should do a karaoke. And immediately 
my friend, she's like, oh, yeah, there's a singer. <laughs> like, there's a singer. Yes, let's do karaoke for sure. And I just tell them right away, I'm not going to sing at this party. Like, I no way am I going to sing right now. And this situation, oh, my goodness. So the situation was, and this is in no way, I'm not hating on anybody involved, honestly. It was such a valuable experience to me. But basically, in the kindest way possible, I was peer pressured or I was attempted to be peer pressured into singing in front of like, how many people was it? I don't know, maybe 15 or 20. It was quite a bit of people. And I was just, no way, absolutely not, no. And I'm very good against peer pressure. I am. I, I really like this sort of mentality I have. I'm very good against peer pressure. And so I was just like, no way, no way am I singing. And eventually I left and I didn't sing. I came home and um, <laughs> I bawled. <laughs> Just straight up bald, crying, whatever. Because thing is, I talked about this in my previous individual podcast, episode five. I am a powerhouse. The importance of believing in me, capitalized. I was singing. I don't have too much confidence. And it's a little bit sad, I guess, because it's something I want to do. I want to be a singer songwriter. But even from a young age with singing, I didn't ever believe myself to be a good singer. And there's a lot that goes into it. It's feedback it's this and it's that and whatever and I'm working on it and I've gotten a lot better and this situation really helped me but in that specific instance I just felt like a, I remember feeling like a failure and that is because I had just encountered a fear that situation for me incredibly uncomfortable not because of because I was being peer pressured because like I said I don't care if a whole room of people tells me to drink vodka I'm not gonna do it I don't care but with that I just I knew that I wanted to sing because I love singing so much, but I just held back. So in a way, I almost suppressed myself, if that makes sense. That's a, I don't know if you've ever gone through that, but it's a terrible feeling when you want to do something and you know you want to do it and you know you can, but you just there's something in you that just holds you back. It's terrible. That's, I think, where regrets form. And I, I'm a true believer of having no regrets in life, but in that moment, after I came home, I just regretted not doing it immediately. I was like, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have done it. So anyway, I go to my mom's room. Um, love you, mom, if you're listening. I know you are. I love you so much. You're my favorite person in the whole entire world. I tell you this every day and I'll continue until my very last breath. But anyway, I go into a room and I bawl. <laughs> my sister is also there. It's a little hysterics party where I'm just bawling around like a little ball. Just bawling, crying, snot, tears, mascara everywhere. You know the drill. You know the drill. If you've ever been in that... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a fun time. And so that's when we discovered that I, in that moment, I was just afraid. That was fear. It wasn't a mental block. It was just fear. At that moment, at the party, or I mean, I guess up to that moment, I had a fear of performing in public. Because in life, and this is in no way shift responsibility. I'm just labeling things to make it easier for myself. I'm a perfectionist, an avid one. And I have a fear of judgment. I don't like being judged, which is interesting. Like it is very ironic because I choose to share so much on social media. It's not all of my life, obviously. Honestly, I wouldn't say it's even half, but it's a very specific and certain aspect of my life that I share very thoroughly. And so I subject myself to being judged every single day. <laughs> but that's, that's just very interesting. I don't know. I just thought of that. But that was a fear, performing in public. And so I cried through it, whatever. And then I posted the prompt of the challenge. So if you were there for day four, they were posted a little bit late because of that, because I was just straight up bawling. 
And then yesterday, it was my sister's birthday. So many birthdays recently. I know. My younger sister's birthday. She just turned 15. So it was us. Um, it was our whole family and also my older sister's boyfriend. And it was Ty. Um, my, yeah, Ty. Her name is Ty. My younger sister's friends and her and whatever. And when I was bawling in my mom's room on December 4th, I, I said to myself that I would perform at Ty's birthday and I would sing a song. And to me, at that moment, it felt absolutely terrifying to even voice that. Just the thought of it was terrifying. So I cried some more. Everybody was there to witness it. And I cried and cried and cried. And then yesterday, because um, I'm recording this on Wednesday. <laughs> I know. The, yeah, the, the recording versus um, posting time period is very short, which I think makes everything more real. But yesterday, I didn't even feel any sort of hesitation. I could get up and I could sing and I could play and I could be fine. But thing is, I just don't like bad work. I'm not going to share a song if it's not completed. I don't like doing that. So I didn't have anything prepared at the moment. I would have done it. And it sounds like shit, I could have done it. But honestly, the feeling that I had inside, it was not what I had at my friend's party. At my friend's party, I was just like stuck. You know what I mean? But yesterday I was completely open to it. I just didn't want to do it because honestly all the songs i've been learning at the moment are incredibly sad and depressing and that would not match the vibe of the birthday so there's also the context and the setting aspect that goes into it but point is it's a fear i had and i worked through it to some extent and obviously to really solidify it i've got to start performing in public which is something i want to do with open mics and such obviously yeah but right now there aren't a whole lot open and when i finish my first songs which i'm really i'm working on right now i have them and I haven't finished, but they're not finished. <laughs> so this is also going to be a really fun thing of perfectionism kicking in and me being like, yeah, um, it's not done yet. I'm not ready yet. But point is, that was an incredibly uncomfortable situation for me. Of Just imagine 20 people telling you to sing and you wanting to sing, but you're just not doing it because of whatever. And it was a fun setting too. So that was different from the birthday. The birthday was Fun setting, but it's like we're focused on different stuff. But in that karaoke, I totally could have done it, but I didn't. I suppressed myself. So being placed in this uncomfortable situation, I could have taken it a different way. I could have been like, oh my goodness, I didn't sing. I could have spiraled easily, and I tend to spiral really fast. I've been really good at it lately, though, because keeping busy, <laughs> keeping busy, keeping those thoughts clear and clean. But I could have taken it a different way and been like, yes, oh, I'm not singing right now. I'm disappointing my friends. Um, everybody's going to hate me, blah, blah, blah. I never want to sing again, which I felt like I didn't want to sing again. But at the same time, like I, I know I do. So point is, it's all about perception. And I'm a firm believer that intentional discomfort is good. It really is good for us. And also, as another topic, you don't grow when you're comfortable. I don't grow when I'm comfortable. And I'm a firm believer in that. However, in a sense, we're always growing all the time. But to simplify it, no, we're not. Because right now I'm sitting, I'm recording this. Am I just deeply uncomfortable? Am I seeking discomfort in every, in every single aspect of my life? Absolutely not. Not at all. My statement is more of intentional discomfort challenges me to grow. And I hope I've made that clear. Because if we're thinking about relationships if we're thinking about family relationships or friendships or romantic relationships with my significant other, 
I would not intentionally seek discomfort in that because that's not what relationships are for. So the context aspect also plays into it. I wouldn't want to feel uncomfortable with my significant other because then there would not be my significant other anymore. Does that make sense? But seeking discomfort in specific situations, that's always good. I also want to tell you about another one. And this is, listen, this is just between us. And I fully mean it, just between us. So it kind of goes back a little bit. Um, that was one of the most uncomfortable situations for me, I think, ever. But I've, I feel my growth from that. I do. So it goes back to 2019 or 2018, actually. I think I was a freshman in high school. I'm a senior now. I'm about to graduate, which I'm really excited for. Freshman in high school. My younger sister, Taya, which has been mentioned in this episode, it was her birthday. Wish her a happy birthday, by the way. I'm expecting a very nice comment. Anyway, we were at Baskin Robbins because I believe she had a coupon or coupon. I don't know how to pronounce it. English was not my first language. Anyway, she had a coupon and she wanted to use it. So we went to Baskin Robbins and the worker was really cute. Objectively, <laughs> this feels so I've never talked about any sort of this on my anything ever, because like I said, I showcase a very specific and certain aspect of my life. And this is definitely more personal, but I found him to be cute. <laughs> so I'm sorry I'm just gonna get a little bit giggly but it's fine um and so it didn't do anything obviously T- tied she just got her ice cream and we kind of remembered him that he was cute and then we left and also I think oh yeah I was taking photos in that Baskin Robbins and I think she took one of me where he was in the background so I remember what he looked like and it was also in her or mine snapchat memories because like it was taken on snapchat does that make sense and so sometime later, that memory um, came up because Snapchat does the memory thing from a year ago or two years ago. And I think it was a year after. And it came up and I just kind of remember about him again. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that is that worker from Baskin Robbins. I remember for that day, we also went with our friend to a different plaza. But I believe also a Baskin Robbins was there. It was just a different one because the prior one was closed or something. And so having remembered that, I told my friend and my sister, I was like, if I see that guy ever again, I'm going to ask him out. Like, I'm, I'm going to make a move, <laughs> which was wild. And you know what happened? You will not believe this. The universe works in such mysterious ways. I can't believe this. I can't even begin to fathom it. But you know what happened? Guess who I saw? Him. What are the chances? It, was a, it wasn't even Baskin-Robbins because like I said, that location was closed. We went to a new one. It was open, but he was not working there. He was working in a completely different place. I believe it was some sort of a Mexican restaurant. I'm not sure. Not a restaurant, more like a cafe takeout sort of thing. I know exactly what it's called. And every time I go to Trader Joe's, which is my favorite store in the whole wide world, I pass it. Um, so every day, not every day, but every couple, several days, every week, I'm reminded of this very vivid event in my memory point is I see him and I already told my friends that I would make a move and I had never made a move on anybody in my entire life because um I would rather be pursued than pursued (laughs) there's a lot that goes into it but anyway so obviously now at this point I have to that is I have to what else am I gonna do I already said I would and I like keeping my word and that's not to say that I didn't that I wanted to because at the moment, I was incredibly uncomfortable. That was, in Russian, I would say diki, 
which means like wild. That was dicky discomfort, wild discomfort. Not something I was expecting on that fine day after just getting ice cream and having a very fun chill day with our friend and my sister. So what I did was I wrote a note to him. First, I asked for water, which is weird, or I think ordered something. I don't know. Honestly, the food was kind of bad. Um, no offense to the place. But I asked him for a pen, and then I wrote my whatever on <laughs> on a napkin. And by the way, that took me maybe six tries. I kept crumpling up papers, napkins, because I just didn't feel like it was right. The point is, I wrote it, I attached it back to the pen, and I gave it to him, which is, by the way, a genius plan. If you want to shoot your shot at uh, one of the workers... Do it, I think. I don't know. If you're a worker and you think otherwise, please let me know. But I think I think it's a legitimate way. So I did that. And I left my number, I think. Which, by the way, now I don't think I would ever do because that is personal information. And like I said, even at 11, I was a little bit paranoid about it getting out. I left my number. I left my Instagram. I left my Snapchat. Literally, you could contact me with your eyes closed is what I'm trying to say. So after that, I think I, maybe I cried a little bit. But I was very exhilarated. Like, that was crazy. It felt like a dream. I never thought I would ever be able to do something like this, and I did, and it was just before winter break. And I went home and whatever, and I remember my sister and I, we were walking through our community, and it was decorated so nicely, which, by the way, this year it isn't as much. But I'm waiting for some decorations to be put up. And I just thought to myself, oh my goodness, what if this actually happens? What if this is the beginning of a lifetime? And I was just waiting for that message, day one, day two, day three, day four, and that's when I kind of began to lose hope. So my thought was, oh, he must not have seen it. (laughs) So we drove to that location again. And this time I was going to ask him in person. However, he was not there. I was dressed really cute, though. I liked the way I looked. So anyway, um, a week later, we're like, we got to go there again because he wasn't there. And maybe he didn't see my napkin. So that situation, oh, my goodness. So my sisters, both of them, that's who I went with. They're parked outside that Mexican takeout restaurant location, right? They're sitting in the parking lot. I'm in the car. They're telling me to get out and just do it. And mind you, I don't know how long this took, but I'm sure it took a long time. Because like I said, like every single individual, I think on planet Earth, I don't like being uncomfortable. Nobody likes placing themselves in uncomfortable situations. Show me one person who is a legitimate volunteer doing that. You can't because that's not a very common thing to do. Yet we still got to do it. So I get out of the car, I go into location and I sit at the chair for, I don't even know, like maybe 10 minutes, honestly. And I'm just texting them. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I I can't do this. I can't do this. And so eventually, eventually, at this point, my adrenaline is so high, I could run a marathon. That's exactly how it felt. I come up to him. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't believe in embarrassment, but I'm a little bit embarrassed right now. I come up to him and he's like, what would you like to order or whatever? I never even learned his name, by the way. So just straight up, I'm like, um, can I get some water? And by the way, can I get your number? <laughs> if you want to internally scream, scream right now. Now is the cue. One, two, three, let's scream together. Ugh, I can't believe I did that. So yeah, I didn't even ask for his name. I didn't make up any sort of conversation. The first time that I went and I left the note, before that I did make some conversation, but it was literally about the food that was served there. But anyway, he was nice about it from what I remember. He just said, oh, no, sorry, I have a girlfriend. And at this more, at the point, at that point, I tend to plan things out in my head so I can, at that point, especially in my life, 
I was crazy about that. And I would always run through different scenarios and situations and just see how it could go in in what direction and what I would say in that situation, which by the way, now I don't, obviously. So back then I was like, okay, so that was prior to me going to that location for the third time. I was like, okay, so if he says he has a girlfriend, I'll say, okay, just take it as a compliment. And that's what I planned to say. But instead I just turned around, I went to the car and I cried. I cried. My first rejection. But thing is, I wasn't, yes, he was objectively attractive to me, which I mean, I guess it's subjective because he was attractive to me, but it's not like, it's not like I liked him, you know, he was just a random person. The point is, I was faced with rejection. And that was an incredibly uncomfortable situation. However, that took my social skills to a whole new level. I don't know if I would be socially right now where I am had I not been in that situation. That was Diki discomfort. We together, we learned a whole new phrase, Diki discomfort. Incredibly uncomfortable, but I did it. And I think everything builds up. So regarding my social situation right now, take this podcast, for example. I do individual episodes and I can talk for hours at a time. I love talking. It's so fun to me. And I feel like I have a lot to say all the time. But take guest episodes. How easy do you think it is for me? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to be insulted right now, but, you know, just feel free to express your feedback. Um, I think I like to think that I'm good with guests. I like asking people questions because it's genuinely the goal is to have a conversation with each guest episode, with each of the amazing guests that I have. It's just to get a feel. What is that specific aspect of their life like? How do they go through it? You know, what's it like being a bodybuilder? What's it like being a pianist studying at a music conservatory? What's it like being an exchange student? Just getting and diving deep into it. And I don't have any questions prepared. I feel like I've talked about this, but I don't... The only way I prepare is by looking at the person and just mentally going over what I could potentially swerve or manipulate in the nice way, not in the manipulative way, the conversation to be what direction would I want to take into. That's the only way I prepare and find things out about a person, obviously. But then that's about it. I don't have any questions I write down or anything of the sort. It is very much just going with the flow. And I think it can really tell because I feel like I've been on some podcasts and I just found them to be so stiff because it was prepared questions. I saw them ahead of time. So I knew exactly what I was going to get asked. And I love talking. So, I mean, I could answer it eloquently uh, or I'd like to think that. And it just felt stiff. It didn't feel like a conversation. I didn't like it. So I do a whole different direction. That's how I would want to listen to a guest episode podcast. I'd want it to be spontaneous and in the moment. So the point is, that is incredibly challenging to me. That is incredibly challenging. Not as much now because I've... I mean, I'm in in my seventh episode now. I've made so much progress and I think you can really tell. But with the guest episodes at first, I just, for the first episode, if you watch it, if you listen back to it, oh my goodness, let's not talk about it. First of all, I just want to say I absolutely love the guest. He was the nicest ever. He really set the standard, you know what I'm saying? So if you listen to it, be sure to message him on Instagram. And if you like the episode, just tell him how much you liked it. Because honestly... I can't thank him enough for being my first ever guest and being such a wonderful experience. The first experience of the podcast, actually, because I recorded it before I recorded the individual one. I was so nervous. I was at a 10 out of 10, and then I went down to maybe like an 8, but then back to a 10, and then maybe to a 4 right before. I felt like throwing up. I'd never done this before. I didn't know what I was doing. And now still, when I record guest episodes, it takes me 
maybe like a minute to let the person into my Zoom waiting room because it's a mental thing. It is a mental thing. And so I, I just hesitate. I take a moment and at the end I let go and I trust myself and I just do it. And that connects to the book I'm currently reading, The Inner Game of Music. And I, if you're a musician or if you're connected to music in any sort of way, read it. It is very beneficial. I trust myself and I just let it go. The point is, it's very uncomfortable because first of all, I do do a sound check with each guest, but I don't know the person. I don't know. If it were my sister or say any of my friends, that would be so much easier because I know them. I know exactly what I want to ask. You know what I'm saying? That's not uncomfortable at all. But with the people I don't know, it is incredibly uncomfortable. And at first, I'm always really nervous. I'm, I'm very much stressed. But I let go and I place myself in that situation. And oh my goodness, the results of that, the results of that. I come out feeling like a light bulb. I'm so inspired. I feel like I've just breathed air for the first time. Really, that is a very bold statement to make, but that's exactly how I feel after recording with each and every guest. I think I'm just so lucky, honestly, that these people are on my podcast. It's such an incredible opportunity for me to learn about people, you know, and I'm so happy that I get to share that with you. So to sum it up, I didn't have a plan for this episode as well. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> Maybe you could. But before in my individual episodes, I would write it down because I was really nervous. What if what if I run out of things to say in the midst of recording? Right now, I didn't have a thing. I didn't even know what I was going to say except for the title. And look at where we are. 40 minutes in or so? 35? I don't know. I don't know. The point is, if you take anything away from this, just as a reminder, I don't grow when I'm comfortable. It is good to be comfortable, but intentional discomfort is incredibly beneficial. Yep, there's so much more I feel like I could cover on this theme. But honestly, my vocal cords need a rest before I do my singing practice. So that's where I'm going to end it. Bow, bow, bow. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye. I love you. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> uh.